Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hello and welcome inside the film room, the football film room, alongside veteran scout coach and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg, and it's a better mood this week, Chris, than I think in weeks past because... We saw live football being played this past week, weekend, and we're going to see live football being played here this week as we have reached week one of the college football season. So I think everyone's in a little bit of a better mood as we sit here on Tuesday, September 1st. Yeah, I think that you get a week, and I would say one week, one game in, um, I think there's okay. There's positive momentum. Now you're hearing all the oh, the, the Big Ten's thinking about this, and the the, the president's involved. In talking <laughs> to the so it's like okay, there's momentum, and we're getting a little closer. Got got a few more games this weekend, and we're getting a little bit more. So I think everybody's getting excited, and rightfully so, to try to figure out okay, look. And then when you start to see some, no disrespect to Central Arkansas and Austin P. Enjoyed the game last week, but. Think when you start to see the Oklahomas and the Clemsons, and in the next two three weeks, then people are really going to say, you know what, you know, is it going to happen? You know, at least it looks like it's starting, Scott. Yeah, it really did look like a. Uh, it looked like an FCS game, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That's no other way to put it. Uh, Austin P. Central uh, Arkansas. They. It was exciting though. It came down. It came down to Central Arkansas scoring with forty seconds left. To win that game didn't do didn't do well for the people who had Austin P plus the points. Uh, uh, was that was that somebody you know? <laughs> uh, maybe uh, you know forty seconds away from a victory there. Um, you know, but you're not play- holding any grudge. So. <laughs> no, not at all. It's an FCS game. Um, yeah, it's it was, a warm up. It's preseason yes, for you, exactly. Uh, but we get Central Arkansas again here on Thursday. America's team as they take hmm. on UAB. Uh, you know, they might as well have stayed in Alabama for the week because they go from the Crampton Bowl to uh, Legion Field as they take on UAB and America's team, the Central Arkansas Bears on national television for the second week in a row. Yeah, we'll see America's darlings in UAB, (laughs) Bill Clark. And uh, this is the last year in Legion Field. They're building a, remember we talked about, you know, just a short time ago that UAB shut down the program, not only coming back, building an on-campus stadium and they're going to be ready for that next year. Legion Field, historic Legion Field that's now become decrepit Legion Field. Uh, mm. It's the last year for them there. So this is a 
it's a pretty good UAB team. So this is a, this is a step up. This is obviously a, a yeah. pretty good group of five teams. So uh, you never know, though, with one game under your belt. It, I, I think other than a sloppy turnover field performance, um, you know, I think UAB is is in pretty good shape. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's lots of uh, there's a lot of games coming this weekend. Uh, the first Saturday of college football is this Saturday, September 5th. And as we start to progress through the season, we'll touch on some of these games in, in just a minute. There are some major storylines throughout the country. Um, we find out that Memphis is going to be without Kenneth Gainwell, their talented running back this season who has opted out. Uh, LSU All-American wide receiver Jamar Chase has decided to opt out. Um, I don't think this is something that may may people are surprised by. I think we expected that we would see some more players uh, opt out, but with a week before the season, you know, especially when you find out about Memphis and Gainwell and then Jamar Chase, now LSU, I think was a, a terribly kept secret. Um, it, it affects these teams negatively, Chris, and it's going to affect what we see on the field starting this weekend with Memphis. It does. Um, you know, I, I, I can't really speak for why their timing was. I think they gave it a lot of thought, but I, this was not a surprise. I've been hearing, well, both in both cases, Gainwell and, and, and uh, with Jamar uh, Chase, I, the surprise is that it wasn't announced before, a little bit yeah. earlier. I, you know, nobody on the coaching staff at Memphis or LSU are caught off guard. Um, this was, you know, I think even the reps were kind of going that way to where they were figuring this is where it was likely going to go, but you know, who knows? It's, it's, you know, why it took so long from their standpoint. Look, LSU has got young receivers. They've got talent receivers. It's a transition year. They've got only six starters coming back from that guys that were in the championship. Mm -hmm. game. So the, wow. the defectees through the, through the uh, draft till leaving. And that's not even talking about the coaches. So new defense coordinator and, a new not offense coordinator, but but obviously the passing game coordinator is uh, uh, off to Carolina Panthers. So it's going to be quite the transition for LSU. Be very talented, um, and they're they're going to open up against Mississippi State on CBS. I understand on the twenty sixth. Yeah, Memphis opens up against Arkansas State, uh, a nationally televised game Saturday night. Um, and Rod Rodriguez Clark is going to get the Gainwell's mm -hmm. start at running back in Gainwell's spot. There was an article that came out about Oklahoma charging people money to watch at least their first game of the year, somewhat 50 something dollars, a pay-per-view game. It, it, this is this normal, Chris? Like, what is going on here? Is this because of you know trying to recoup some money that they're not going to get from ticket sales? Like, what what's the deal here? Besides, what's the deal with charging people fifty four dollars or fifty five dollars to watch Oklahoma play? Well, <clears throat> the Big Twelve is a little different in that there's not a conference network, television network, the Longhorn Network. Well, so let's just take them, for example. They've got a, an agreement with ESPN with the Longhorn Network. So if this was Texas, that game would be free on the Longhorn Network. Of course, it's not free. You've got to be on a package that carries it. Yeah. But it's there. Oklahoma has – they're part of the Big 12 package. And so if it's a, if it's a game that's picked up by the network that covers the Big 12 – then it's free. Well, they're not. Uh, I believe it's Louisiana Tech Baylor 
that Fox is picking up. So that leaves this game free. Um, two, three years ago, I'm losing track of the time. A couple of years ago, I think it was Oklahoma opened or had an early game. It wasn't opener, but it was an early game against Army. If you remember, Army played them off their heels and almost beat them. And mm-hmm. that game was on pay-per-view as well. So what it is, is when you have these games, there is no network to pick it up where there is a, you know, kind of going back to the old days, there is a group that is, you know, all right, we'll go and we'll broadcast it and we'll charge it over a, over a feed for 59, 60 bucks. If you want to get it as a fan, I don't know how many people are going to get it. Sooner, sooner friends, I'm sure will, and you could pick it up. So it's, it's not something that they're doing because of COVID. I mean, because it's something they've done before, but it just kind of falls into that avenue of no one else is picking it up. And so they're trying to get a, they have the license to be able to do that. And I don't know how much money they're going to make, but whatever they're going to make. Yeah. It's something. Okay. Uh, it's interesting, uh, but that, that's it, where you're going to see Spencer Rattler get his first start. What, exactly. So if you're a Sooner fan and you want to see what they're going to look like this year, well, it starts with this week one game, which you'll have to pay to see. And it's going to be the debut of redshirt freshman Spencer Rattler. And this is a guy who many people, I think, assumed Chris would get the job. But here he is getting the start against Missouri State, you know, in Norman, primetime game, 7 p.m. underneath the lights. What's this kid going to look like? This kid's very talented, uh, not very experienced, not had the true offseason. So I, I think he's going to be outstanding. What's really going to be intriguing is that for the first time in a long time, they've had a guy that that's one of their own that they can groom, a guy that they recruited. Not a transfer, Again, yeah. Correct. Not a transfer. It's just been forever and a day they've been able to reach into the those guys. I think this kid's going to be really good. Tanner Mordecai is pretty good, too, and that's who he beat out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Spencer's very, very talented. Is he mature? Is he, you know, able to handle all the things? Not, not, not initially, but I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to have a good year. I think he'll do a good job in the Big 12. Relatively speaking, it's always difficult to kind of figure out these things in this year of COVID. Um, but I think he's got a lot of talent. And I think the system really emphasizes on, A, getting guys open and making very simple high-low reads. Hmm. So it becomes, a, you know, I'm not saying anybody can do it. Okay, It's not. It just It's quarterback-friendly. And so the system is not overly complex. And so it's easily adjustable. Now, when you get a veteran guy coming in as a transfer, they find it easy. It's easier usually when they've come from. In this case, I think it'll benefit this young guy, and I think he'll have a good year. I don't know if he'll have a Heisman type year or not, but I think he'll have a good year. All right, let's go through some of the games here for week one. And are there any right off the bat that stand out to you? Um, I think, you know, SMU is always a fun yep. team to watch. Uh, they play um, Texas State, uh, you know, going into uh, Bobcat Stadium in San Marco, Texas. Um, so we'll see what SMU, if they can put up the points there. Heavy favorites in that game. Shootout predicted. It's a 70 
uh, total is the over-under that one. I'm curious to see what Memphis is going to look like without Kenneth Gainwell, but they're playing against Arkansas State, so that should be um, a game that's relatively easy. But the, the best game of week one, Chris, is probably the, the last game of week one, and that's next Monday, September 7th, Labor Day, BYU against Navy. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. I think that's an intriguing game. Um, You know, BYU's a good team. They did um, lose their fine tight end, Matt Bushman, uh, in Monday's practice with a ruptured Achilles. So that's really tough. Navy's tough to prepare for. Uh, This is going to be a real interesting matchup because you've got the physicality and the size and the maturity level of BYU with the very mature beyond their years, Navy group that's undersized, you know, cut blocking, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to be real, an interesting dichotomy of how they're going to play it. The physicality versus the quickness and the angles going to be a lot of fun. Um, so that's the, uh, look, that's, that's where we are now with the pushback is that's the highlight game of, of Labor Day. <laughs> now, you know, it's BYU Navy, not as sexy as you would like, but, you know, considering what we've had this off season, <laughs> Not bad, huh? Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. I mean, that's going to be the most watched game, I think, uh, of week one, that Labor Day night. Um, quarterback news. Uh, we talked about Spencer Rattler. James Blackman uh, gets the nod at Florida State. Were you surprised by that, or were no. you expecting that? I was expecting it. Uh, Mike, the word out of there from the coaches that they were, you know, not that they're they're comfortable that he can handle everything, but that he clearly was the guy that they were most comfortable with. They've got a couple of younger guys that may be towards the future. They they feel like this is the direction to go, uh, that he can maybe do more than the other guys can at this point mm-hmm. to run this offense. This is another situation that's going to be fun to watch because you've got a very quarterback. You know, we talked about Gainwell and the fine Memphis run. This is the guy, Mike Norvell, that recruited him. Yeah. He's a guy that really teaches offense and does again, a good job of making things very simplified and really easy to pick up. Well, this is put to the test in the worst way because they had like three or four spring practice before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And this is a new staff. So this is a you know, new staff with the players that are new seeing it. So this is going to be quite an adjustment for them. But uh, Blackman certainly is the guy that I think they were heading with all along. And Again, we'll see how well they do, how well they're able to run the football. They're going to run some tempo, but I think it's going to be a little bit better controlled tempo. I thought last year they were just completely out of sorts. I mean, they were still, they were going with the, you know, wide open all the time and couldn't protect leads. I I think they'll be better organized and better coached, even though it's been a very unique offseason, hadn't it, with Mike Norvell? There's been a couple of, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Wilson, the, the big time leader, has come out against his coach a couple of times. And so you wonder is the lack of communication there real? Or is there like a, you know, a communication issue? Or as Scott is like I say, is it one of those cases of, you know, do they know what Mike, you know, is saying or do they know that he mean it means it? You know, it's like, you know, you, you, you better know what I mean and know that I mean mm-hmm. it. And I'm wondering which one of the things are not getting across. Is he clarifying what he wants and you've just got players that are not buying in? Or are they not clearly clarifying what's expected of them as players? Uh, but something at this point, 
needs to be figured out there pretty quickly, or, or we don't want for that for their standpoint to factor into the start of their season. Yeah, we'll find out uh, next Saturday when they take on Georgia Tech um, at home. We'll learn real quick what this team is going to look yes, like sir. here in 2020. Uh, shifting gears to the NFL, Chris, uh, a lot of interesting news over the past several days. Uh, we'll start with Leonard Fournette, who gets the axe in Jacksonville, and now he's filing a grievance against them. Um, it wasn't too long ago that the idea of Leonard Fournette sitting out a year at LSU to protect his draft stock was the topic of conversation. Now he finds himself not even on a team, Chris. I mean, just the the, the ride that has been Leonard Fournette's career is a very interesting one. No, it is. Um, and a couple of things that um, I think are important here is when you look at um, his situation, he was drafted very high, and I wanted to make sure I had it. Think about this for a while. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, James Conner, Connor, Tarek Cohen, Marlon Mack, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, and then undrafted Austin Eckler. All those guys were either drafted after Leonard Fournette, or in the case of Eckler, signed as an undrafted free agent. <laughs> Leonard, yeah, the, Leonard had some issues coming out of LSU. I can remember talking Tom Coughlin about it. He was uh, very divisive at LSU, and this was Ed Orgeron's early stage of taking over. You know, was, you know, and I, I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's he, he went to to uh, got drafted high. Obviously, got a big contract was never right at Jacksonville in terms of attitude. Now, he's played well in stretches. Uh, and we know Jacksonville, okay, man, you know, they were one six minutes away from the Super Bowl and yep. they're do all this. And then they draft them, and they're going to be physical. They're going to run the football. Well, Leonard fit the mold except just from a heart, from a work ethic standpoint, he didn't. Um, he was not liked in the locker room by the players or coaches. Um, and the reality was as – Unique Nindakwe was kind of talking his way out. You had Leonard Floyd saying, yeah, boy, go get – I mean, it was – it just – it wasn't – it was not a good situation. And you think, oh, well, you know, they're getting rid of Unique Nindakwe, and they, they got him in the trade. He has some value. With, with the issue, people will say, I don't get it. You know, Jacksonville said they couldn't trade him to anybody. I don't believe that. Folks, believe it. He believe got it, waived, yeah. and nobody picked him up. Why? Scott, you know this. We talk about this all the time. But we got to remind folks, when you're trading for a player, you're not just trading for the player. You're trading for his contract. So no one was going to trade for his remainder of his contract. Now, are there teams that are going to be interested in Leonard Fournette to sign him for their own price? You betcha. And I think he's going to end up with the team. And I think it'll be pretty soon. But, again, he needed to clear waivers. Nobody claimed him. Why? If you claim him, you claim his contract. Uh No, he goes unclaimed. Now he's a street free agent. You can go in and say, Mr. Scott, as the agent for Leonard Fournette, this is what we're prepared to do. And we'll put clauses in or whatever. We make it more our friend. All of a sudden, there'll be people that like Leonard Fournette. So, (laughs) yes, I mean, you know, he has value. But now what is the risk? Well, the risk can be mitigated 
by redoing the contract, make it more friendly. The contract that he had was not. The problems that he has was well-known in the league. And yeah, Jacksonville may be screwed up and who knows what they're doing and they're building with draft picks and doesn't look like Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell going to be around for this because, I mean, I, I would think, that th this is being dictated by the owner, you would think the owner would be gracious enough to let, if he's dictating this, to let these guys figure it out during the draft. I don't know what's going to happen at the end of this year. There are not many wins on this roster. They're building for the future. Mm -hmm. But the reason is no one was going to trade for the contract. And in particular, knowing that they've been shopping him for a while, well, no one yeah. is going to. Now, sometimes people will trade for a player and give a late round pick so they don't have to compete and sign a guy in free agency. But not when a guy that has a contract that Leonard Fournette has for as much as he had. No one wanted the contract mm. that was attached to Leonard. The contract removed and you just got Leonard, we can talk. And I yeah. think he's going to find a home somewhere and may have a an option. But that's the difference. And I tweeted it out. You know, that is what people miss, Scott. We talk about it all the time understand it it's it's different it's not like a kid transferring from college where you're just dealing with a scholarship this is real money involved and this is real cap hits and nobody wants yeah. that headache for that for that amount of money boy trevor lawrence better get used to playing in london <laughs> <laughs> oh boy I, yeah, I, don't might, know. I don't know what they're doing there i mean that I'd might be, be a plan it um, might be. hey so there's um some money being floated around. Speaking of running backs, Joe Mixon gets a $48 million extension. You know, it wasn't too long ago when Bill Belichick actually praised this guy as the top running back in the league uh, after the Pats played the Bengals one time. Yeah, no, he's a really talented back. You remember trouble situation at Oklahoma, caught mm -hmm. on video, mm -hmm. hitting woman, well, a very ugly situation. It's always ugly, but when you see it, you know, it's more real. It worse, um, yeah. And um, so, um, he doesn't excuse it, but he moved on. Uh, it affected his draft status. Mm -hmm. This was a first round talent, which is, you know, running backs. He was one slipped and very good back and uh, young back. And, um, so they went ahead and made the move on him. and uh, look, there hasn't been anything again, not, not excusing anything in the past, but, um, you know, he's been, for the most part, for all we know, on his pretty good behavior. I don't want to say best behavior, but pretty good behavior. So uh, good for him. He was able to get a deal done, and uh, that's uh, that's a nice deal. Now, you know, four years, $48 million. We'll We'll look at the paragraph five and see it. Only 24 years old. Uh, yeah. It's not a bad price at $2 million per, and they can get out of it. So it's actually – look, he's not going to – he's not going to play four years and get the 48 million, but he's, they're going to get him at a good price for a couple of years and then decide how they're going to replace him or what they're going to do with it. But, um, we all know how running backs, the life of running backs are. Yeah, of course. Uh, Lions gave Taylor Decker a nice contract extension. Yeah, no Taylor's, you know, they liked him and obviously they feel good about what he can provide for them, both the run and pass game. Um, another pretty good contract. I think in terms of, um, you know, what the value is in the market. So uh, good for them to get that. Um, it's when you, when you hear fully guaranteed, the thing that I often you get that reported, then you look at the paragraph five, well, it's fully guaranteed provided <laughs> that's not fully guaranteed, but um, 
I think there's a pretty good chance in just turning 27 at his position, um, you know, uh, uh, what you're going to see because it's an $85 million. He's not going to see anything close to that. But I do think um, 35 to 40 is right in the range of what he's likely going to get when you look uh-huh. at what is perceived to be the signing bonus in the early year numbers. I think he's in pretty good shape. So good contract for him. And it locks a player in that they like, at least for the next few years. Uh, the Giants bring in Logan Ryan, helping them in the secondary. Yeah, no, Logan's got some experience. Obviously, you know, the background with Joe Judge with him. Um, got some versatility, what he can bring. Certainly the ability to play in multiple coverage looks. Um, makes sense, um, uh, at least uh, when you when you track the the lineage of where he came from. Yeah, uh, Rutgers guy returning back to Jersey, so uh, good to have him back there. Um, I- I've been talking to people, Chris, about how football is going to look in week one, and-, and it's hard to believe that we're less than 10 days away from the start of the football season, uh, the NFL season at least. Um, I think people have to take a wait-and-see approach. I don't think it's going to look pretty the first week of the season. I think these teams are going to be adversely affected by a lack of uh, preseason and by a lack of scrimmages and just going up against your own team is great, but um, it's very hard to evaluate your roster. It's very hard to see what you have with these rookies when you don't have live game situations against another team. You can only do so much against your own team, um, but I think we're going to see some ugly football here in week one. I'm not expecting much. Uh, especially in the first game for for a lot of these teams, Chris. Yeah, I think it's going to be sloppy, Scott. I think it's sloppy when I break it down on tape, Scott. Normally, in normal years, week one's no, always an adjustment. Yeah, so. it's, yeah. I th- I think it usually takes about four weeks to kind of get a little bit of a feel for what teams are and are not, and then that tends to change based upon injuries and whatnot. But I agree with you. I think it's going to be an even bigger issue now uh, because. Have you done the best job you can in assembling your roster? Well, you've just kind of alluded to it. No preseason. That's the first thing the lack of preseason gets you is, did you make all the right decisions? See, you're not, and I said this before, you're not able to go and look at a preseason game to find that defensive lineman that's going to get released from somebody that's better than your sixth defensive lineman in the rotation. Mm-hmm. So you don't have that. Two, you don't have the ability to evaluate your team under the gun other than in scrimmages and practices. So do you know enough about these last, you know, the decisions on the last five or six spots? Yeah. Are you going to make the right decisions? Um, you know, you're going to have to, you know, make some decisions based upon less exposure and that could lead to more mistakes. And so you have to be a little bit more reliant on when you go sign somebody off of another roster, you're basically doing it strictly on your college evaluation because that's all you you have. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, you, And then if you buy it, no, I think that guy's good. Based upon that and based upon what we know with this guy, we want to make this move. So you're still going to see a lot of it, but then the unknown. Then the whole developmental part of getting the team ready and the sharpness and Special teams are really sloppy. How much did you tackle getting ready for the season? All those things are big, big, big factors. I do think that some of the symmetry in the passing game, I think that's going to be closer 
to normalcy than the physical part. I think the physical mm. part's very, very difficult because you don't do it as much. You're a little bit resistant to hit too much in too short of a period of time to run the risk of injuries, but then you got to get guys ready to go yet. They're not quite ready to go. Well, if you don't hit enough and you're not physical enough, the blocking and tackling are affected. So you have some issues, not just communication, but the physical part of it, you don't execute as well. It's an equal playing field that everybody's having to go through it, but some are going to handle it better than others. Veteran teams are going to handle it better. Uh, Teams with returning coaching staffs and systems are going to have a better chance. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You you and I have talked about crowd noise and the artificial crowd noise. It looks like the NFL is going to work on a deal. They're going to have some artificial crowd noise in the stadium. It's necessary because you're, I mean, you'll hear it either way, but with no noise in the stadium, Chris, you're hearing both sidelines rather (laughs) clearly, right? I mean, I can only imagine just like calling out defensive signals or offensive signals. You're going to hear it from both sidelines. Yeah, we're going to 11 personnel next play. Yeah, 11 yeah. personnel. Hey, they're good. They're going to 11 personnel, Scott. Let's get in. We'll get. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, it's just like echo and hearing it. So I am uh, watching uh, practice tape. I get the practice tape sent to me. And Cowboys, I'm looking at um, some of the tape. And they put crowd noise into their thing in their, their stadium and I, 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 it was, it was louder than, than than AT&T stadiums ever been. It wasn't, it was like that stuff, but you couldn't hear a darn thing, but it was funny because the whole thing, I had to mute my thing just so that I could watch it. It was was not like, it was like fake crowd noises, which you pipe in. Yeah. Um, Jerry's still saying he's, 50,000 people going in. I'm letting him in. He said, did you hear what he said? He says, opening the roof and I'm opening all the doors. Yeah. So we're good. 50,000 come in. Yep. So I don't know how that's going to play out, but um, what I'm curious. Pumped in, there's definitely going to be something we're going to see. And it's going to be good. We talked about this before for TV, Scott, because if yeah. you're watching it on TV, it's not. You're not going to see much of a difference. No, yeah. no, mm-hmm. they're not going to go. I mean, they'll go to some crowd shot where there's crowd, but they're not going to go to a lot. I don't think they're going to go yeah, to no. a lot of empty seats. Um, what I'm curious about, and, and we've we already know that at least New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy said that there's going to be no fans in attendance at MetLife Stadium for Jets and Giants games, and for Rutgers as well playing their games at High Point Solutions. But with you know, every week the different COVID restrictions kind of change. At right. least, you know, here in the New York, New Jersey area, it's, you know, we, we were devastated when it first happened. And, you know, things have been getting better every week and different restrictions have been listed today to lifted today. Uh, gyms opened up in the state of New Jersey, uh, 25% capacity. You can go to the gym uh, on Friday. Indoor dining is opening up. Wow. You can go indoor dining at 25%. We've had outdoor dining, but now indoor dining is going to open up on Friday. I wonder if now the Jets and the Giants might talk to the governor and kind of revisit this thing saying, hey, if we're allowing indoor dining at 25%, if we're allowing gyms to be open and other indoor activities, why can't we get 25% fans in the stadium, which is outdoors? You know, MetLife Stadium seats 80,000 fans. Why can't you get 20,000 people in the stadium? 
It's a good question, and I was going to kind of ask you because for people who don't know, Scott is right there in Jersey, and he, he kind of maybe has an idea on the politics. I can tell you from an outsider, it's one thing I thought of because what you just enumerated, I would say that it's not behind, but but it's behind in terms of gyms opening up. Well, gyms have been opening up for a while. Yep. Now, you know, in, in the Dome in New Orleans, they're not not going to have uh, for the Bucks game, no fans. Uh, but I'm with you, uh, and I don't have the answer. Um, how committed is Governor Murphy there to saying, nope, that's it, mm-hmm. not for the year? Or are they open to revisit? I would think that, as you said, everything is so fluid that you probably need to revisit it every so often, right? I mean, you know, everybody talks about phase, phase one, phase two. Yeah, of course. I mean, so, you know, we don't know. And I'm not saying that it's necessarily positive. It may be a negative adjustment based upon what happens. Yeah, of course. Why yeah, wouldn't know. they consider that if it is safe and they can control it? And look, we know this. Scott, you know better than anybody. We know that that's a different breed there. I mean, New York, New Jersey, so many people, it's a lot more chance in the rural areas to, to for it to spread. But so it's like, are they worried about the coalescing before the game leading? No, not just, not I, just I the stadium. Those I are the things they're that worried mean. about. I think they're worried about the gathering together and dispersing apart. Whereas, you know, it's not about, oh, we can't have 10,000 people in an outdoor area that seats 80,000 people. It's about those 10,000 people coming from wherever they're coming from and then going back to wherever they came from. And especially if it's New York, it's a densely populated area where one person affects a lot more than one person going back to rural Pennsylvania if they were to go to, you know, if they were to travel to go to a Penn State football game and then go back to their small town near Happy Valley, they're not affecting as many people as going back into New York City and being around, you know, hundreds and thousands of people. Yeah, and look, Buffalo's in the same situation in New York. Mm-hmm. And I'm on a show the other day and, and you know, up there and, and, you know, and listen, I understand the passion and the frustration. Fan says, well, they ought to at least let us go and put, put a tailgate and put a put it on the screen so we can watch it. And I'm like, sure. defeats the whole purpose, though. They, they don't want you to be there together. More. They don't want to have all these people congregating and tailgating. That's worse than they could spread out people in the stadium. They can control that. They can't control, like I said, like you said, going into the stadium what you're doing before and after that's that's where i think the biggest concern is so i don't have the answer to that i don't know if um you know i don't know if that can be mitigated to some degree yeah. i guess that's what the politicians are going to have to decide and listen obviously the answer to your question um all three owners jersey and in new york state with buffalo all of them would like to have some fans of course uh, and they just they, they need some of the money 20,000 20 percent is better than nothing but I do think for the reasons that you mentioned it's going to be tougher and I think it's going to be tough for Philly I think it's going to be tough for the highly dense areas curious mm-hmm. to see how it plays out and and listen Scott let's not let's not kid ourselves it's political too right yeah 
I mean, you're naive think, if you don't think it is. I, yeah. Yeah. I think that there's some states with the, okay, the governor, is he willing to do that? Well, what state you're in? What's their allegiance? What their beliefs are? I, you know, we, we'd be foolish to think that at least they're not thinking along those lines. And with that, that might affect some of the decisions. So you might see one state say, heck yeah, we're good for, you know, because that's on that more on the right, more on the left. Probably are not as inclined to say, yeah. let's do it. I, I just, I think that's the reality of what we're fighting all year long, regardless of whether you're right, left, middle. So uh, week one of the college football season is here. The NFL week one will be here before we know it. We log on to LandryFootball.com. And what are we finding, not just in our daily notebooks, but on top of both the college and the program? Well, we uh, we certainly had all the breakdowns of or the breakdown of the game last week. We're going to have more this week, obviously, as more games. So we've, we've got all the roster breakdowns of all the teams. We did that over the summer. Now, we broke down the game last week, Austin P, Central Arkansas, and really broke down the rosters and the teams. And so we'll do that. Um, we also have, uh, for the recruiting fans, I've got up and finishing up by region, the best underclassmen in the country, in the class of 22, mm. 23. So you'll want to know by state, by region, we've got those out there for you. So that's going into the season. We'll update that. I've already done that for the class of 2021, and we'll update those as the school, the states that are playing high school football will do that. So we've got a lot of that for our college fans. So up on recruiting, and we'll be breaking down all the games each and every week. You mentioned the notebooks. The notebooks give you all the details and information of what's going on inside practices, which coaches are telling us. So we've got all that for you. Um, and certainly on the NFL side, the same thing. Just chock full of information on scrimmage practices, the the news and more detail about these extensions and signings and, you know, what's the deal with Alvin Kamara and the Saints? What are they talking about, thinking about? We've got that for you. Uh, what uh, All the this other information. And, of course, we've got all the roster breakdowns of every NFL team. As we get towards the season, we'll break down each and every game every week in detail from inside the film room. So check it out. Try it out for a month. Try it out for a year. Great offers there. You'll love LandryFootball.com. You like football, you're going to love LandryFootball.com. I guarantee you. And you got to make sure to, to log on. Um, you know, hey, we were both on Austin P last weekend. I read the game breakdown. We thought that the governors were going to uh, be able to, to, to take it. And they were 40 seconds away, Chris, 40 seconds away. They were in that football game. Got to give uh, UCA all the credit in the yep. world. They were able to get it done. There's no question <laughs> about it. And, hey, uh, make sure you stay tuned right here at twitch.tv slash Football for uh, just a, a whole bunch of incredible football programming and just sports talk programming in general. Uh, Chuck Oliver's show, Miller and Malton, uh, you know, two of the best shows that you're going to have on here talking all sports, football in particular. Uh, we got lots of options here available for you at twitch.tv slash Football, Right, Chris? Absolutely. We've got a lot of podcasts as well that you can find. If you don't have time to watch it, you certainly can watch it. Sign up for Landry Football's conference call and uh, listen to the podcast. Uh, like if you were not able to catch all of this, you can go back and listen to it. But yes, twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football, not just this show. 
but other shows that we're involved in mm -hmm. as well as other shows that we're adding, as you mentioned, a couple of them, but we've got some really good things ahead. We're looking to make some really good improvements. That's going to be really exciting. So it's just going to be a home for you where you're going to be able to catch a lot of good programming. That's going to go in and out. Look, we, I didn't do it today and, uh, and that's bad on me, but we, we need your input. Go this show and all the shows go in and click the heart button, uh, like us, follow us, and engage in us in the chat room. Hey, we're going to talk to you. You got a question right here. We're waiting for it. Just tell us, you know, what you're thinking about, what you want us to address. Uh, we're here for you. So join us each and every week and join us on all our shows. And we're going to be here to engage with you each and every week and on all of our shows. So we're excited to be on this platform Got a lot of good people, and uh, we've, we're making some adjustments with some of the shows that we think are going to be an upgrade, so we're really excited about it. Yeah, can't wait for all that, and it's it's real simple. You can go to LandryFootball.com. You can find all the links to all the podcasts, Landry Football's conference calls. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. There's links to the Twitch channel, which is at uh, Chris Landry Football. So, again, go to LandryFootball.com. Not only do you get the daily notebooks, not only do you get the breakdowns, the roster analysis, everything you need to be become a savant in the world of football information, but also uh, access to the podcast and the Twitch channel as well. Be sure to follow Chris on Twitter at Landry Football. You can follow me at Scott's on air. And again, subscribe to Landry Football's conference call where you'll find this show and others. Uh, this has been the Football Film Room Show, and we'll be back next week with a full film room breakdown of week one of the college football season, especially that BYU game against Navy on Labor Day Monday. Uh, we are going to break that down right here next Tuesday, and then we'll preview, Chris, uh, the first week uh, of, of the other yep. major conferences playing college football and getting ready for that first NFL game on Thursday night. The defending champion Kansas City Chiefs will be in action and week one of the NFL. It's here next week, a full football film room preview yeah and i'm thinking about just a look <laughs> ahead well that's a mouthful you said a mouthful there so next week when we look ahead to the college games clemson wake duke notre dame georgia tech uh, florida state louisiana tech baylor smu tcu syracuse north carolina um, those are some intriguing ones that we're going to be able to see. And of course, BYU is going to play the following week, play army. But as you mentioned, opening up the start of the NFL. So we got, yeah, it's, it's, it's really weird. And it's got, it's like, it is it, it, no lead into the season. So it's yeah. like, it doesn't feel like football season and yeah, it's here. I get that. Yep. There we are. And then, so like next week it'll be on because all the stuff that leading up to it, that time frame will be gone and then it's going to be thursday it's going to be opening and then boom yeah. it, it's it it's here and it's there and then you know uh we're going to be excited and all crossing our fingers and toes that we're going to you know have games all year long but you know it's real interesting to see we didn't get a chance to talk about it so let's finish up with this what the hell is the big 10 thinking right now i mean you just <laughs> it, it's, it's, all it's called fomo it's fear yeah, of it, missing out yeah, and, and, and it's political, too, because it's like you got, okay, we're going to discuss this. At this point, Scott, if they decided tonight they were going to play, it probably wouldn't be ready until October, the second week of October. So they basically kind of messed themselves up for a season 
even if they want to do it. Yeah. It really you're going to start Thanksgiving, oh, October 19th and miss the playoffs cuz you're not going to play enough games. What on what planet does that even I mean it's just the complete disorganization and what they're feeling right now. You said fear of missing out, they got egg on their face. Yeah. Because at least right now, the SEC and the ACC, the Big 12 are looking good. But even I would say and submit to you out there that even if things go bad and they have those three conferences have to stop the season, at least they saw it through. And the Big 10 is going to be on the outside looking in. And so the egg is going is on their face. It's going to stay on their face. And yep. it's just going to look even worse the longer the other conferences get through their season. It's just really an embarrassing situation. It, it, all around. Uh, and I don't think it falls on one person. It's just it's just a major failure all around, Chris. That's the, that's the only way to put it. And yeah, it will be embarrassing. I, I, I think it's very political. Mm -hmm. I think it's coming up from the governors in some of the states that are yeah. pushing the presidents of the universities. You know, you heard it. And this is where all this stuff is coming from, these lawsuits and Nebraska. Mm -hmm. The coaches, I said it before when this came out, the coaches and the administ athletic administrators are hopping mad. They are frustrated. They are yeah. angry. This affects them greatly. And they're saying, they're doing it. They're doing it. Yeah. They're doing it. And we're here. Yep. Hole, you know, left hole in the bag. And we're the ones that have to answer the questions why you sit in your ivory tower and mm -hmm. you know wash mm -hmm. your hands of it. So they're high hopping mad and then to the point where you're getting lawsuits which are i don't know kind of frivolous and going nowhere but then you know and then you then you get political you know i'll come in and we got the president calling the commissioner yeah let's get it going you know because obviously if we can get football going you know it's the right it, it is so political it's not even funny and it's really a shame that the administrators the coaches and the players in the big 10 are getting caught in this political yeah. mess of a night terrible Shame. absolutely terrible well chris uh enjoy the games this weekend get ready for a full breakdown next week and a full preview of nfl week one right here on the football film room i'll talk to you then hey thank you buddy appreciate you anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music perfect define an opportunity imagine talking to millions of people across the u.s like i am now identify a problem creating an audio ad is time consuming Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.